Good morning. I, uh, I'd say that uh, I, I've missed you. Uh, it's been two weeks since I've been in here. I was off one and then down the hall uh, in the big house uh, last week. And uh, I'm very excited to be with you because they don't get me. They don't get my jokes like you get my jokes. They don't laugh when they're supposed to. Um, so, I, you know, I miss, uh, I miss, I miss your, your, your musk um, and all that. Stuff. A couple of announcements before we get into it. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Christmas is coming. Um, it is the Advent season, and uh, and we are going to celebrate Christmas Eve this year on the 24th. Um, so, see, you're getting you're getting lazy. You're you know you're not used to the bad jokes that come out of my mouth, and you don't give me the courtesy laugh. It hurts. We will be celebrating on the 24th uh, uh, with multiple services here on campus. I believe there is a 2 o'clock or a 2.30. Um, I can't remember exactly when it is, um, but generally you're not the makeup of that service. Uh, so it's 2 or 2.30. Then there is the 5.30, which is the children's service. In the sanctuary, it is the service known for its brevity um, because it is run by the kids. Although this year I am preaching at it. This is the first time a pastor's been in there in years, um, and it may be the last time. But I am preaching in there, um, so I'll be there at the 5.30. And then the 6.30 will be the New Heights service in here in the CLC. And then there is a 7 o'clock, a 9 o'clock, and an 11 o'clock, oh my, all down the hall in the sanctuary. So you have a plethora of options should you find yourselves in San Antonio and wanting to worship somewhere on Christmas Eve. A uh, plethora of options here at this campus. Somebody did ask um, Michael, one of our greeters, uh, yesterday, last week about this service, the, the New Heights Christmas Eve service. What does it feel like and everything? And um, the answer is it feels like New Heights. Uh, it's pretty much a New Heights service. Uh, we do Christmas songs throughout the service. However, we do them in the way that we do them. Uh, and we, but we do also have the candlelight thing at the end. We finish with Silent Night. We turn all the lights off um, and, and set fire to the place. It is, uh, it's great. So if you, if you have more questions about that. Oh, and then the 27th, the Sunday after, uh, after Christmas, there will be two services on our campus that Sunday. Should you be one of those people who loves to get extra credit points in heaven and come to church on that Sunday, um, the, the services 930 will be here in the CLC and 11 o'clock will be down the hall in the sanctuary. So there will be David is preaching both of them. Uh, Meniski uh, 930 here with um, some of the New Heights team. I don't know how many of them. I think uh, Matt Dixon's leading. Um, and then down the hall, 11 o'clock uh, in the sanctuary and it'll be a typical sanctuary service. So there you go. If you have more questions than, than I've answered, um, I don't have any answers for you. Uh, so we are, uh, we're in the third Sunday of Advent, and this is undoubtedly, if you've been here for a, uh, an Advent series before, you know that this is my favorite time of year. You know that I am that guy um, who loves Christmas, who, who just can't wait for it, begins to sing Christmas songs before it's appropriate for the rest of the world. Um, I, I, uh, I love it. I love decorating. I love all these things. This year I've been a little off. Uh, Jenna will tell you. Uh, our typical Christmas traditions, I've kind of been like, eh, kind of like that uh, this year for whatever reason. But the one thing that I haven't turned away from, the one thing I haven't turned my back on, is the Hallmark Channel holiday movies. Yes, can we get an amen and a hallelujah for Hallmark? Let, let me tell you, there is something, if you don't know of what I am speaking, you are missing out on the greatness that is a Hallmark holiday classic movie. 
They, they're just amazingly fun and wonderful, and you know what you're going to get regardless of the movie. You know how it's going to go, right? I mean, there's like a guy and a girl, and they are with other people, but they're not the right people for them. Um, and then there's going to be a little travel involved, and inevitably snow is going to interfere. They're going to get stuck in some little quaint perfect town where everything happens right at Christmas and they realize that they're with the wrong person. So having met one another 24 hours previously, they decide to spend the next 60 years together. It's awesome, right? They're all this way. They all start off with the grounds a little bit shaky, you know, uncertain. Then it gets a little more shaky, but we all know that it's going to end perfectly. It's just great. Yeah, You can't You can't script this stuff. Well, I guess you can because they do it a lot, don't they? So it's just amazing. Okay, so I'm talking about this, um, the last service, and these two ladies that sit over uh, stage left are are giggling and cackling and stuff during the thing. And then they come up to me, and one of them is Terry Wilson. Does anybody know who Terry Wilson is? Okay, you're about to want to know her. Terry Wilson is an author, and she writes, she's been coming to New Heights for years and years and years, but she writes Christian romance novels around um, dogs and showing dogs. If that doesn't scream Hallmark. (laughs) So she walks up to me at the end and she goes, guess what? I said, what? She goes, my Hallmark movie um, uh, premieres on January 23rd. I was shut the door. (laughs) What? On January 23rd, our own Terry Wilson will have her first Hallmark movie television event. I'm so excited for Terry. Yes, it's part of their winter festival or something like that. They're calling it, and it's um, um, Mr. It's uh, gosh, the unleashing Mr. Darcy, and it's the story of Pride and Prejudice told around a dog show. Yes, I mean, come on! I'm so excited for Terry. I just can't even talk about how excited I am. Daryl goes, we need to have a viewing, and we might. We're gonna figure out how to get it here and view the heck out of that sucker. So we're so so that's, that's what Hallmark movies do, right? They make you feel good. They make you feel better about yourself. You know that no matter what's going on, no matter what turmoil is going on with Mr. Darcy or whatever it is, that you know that it's going to be okay in the end. And that's why you watch them, right? That's why you watch those movies. That's why thousands and thousands of people, you know, like mainly women, I think, is their real market, and me, watch those movies. Jen and I, um, our kids are gone uh, at camp, uh, camp camp, and Corbin got to go with Grace this time. And so we dropped them off yesterday morning, and um, the drop-off did not go well, and that's really understating it with Grace. Um, But we we left her, and we're like, just, I peel out, leaving. Um, Camp camp's an hour north, and and so we come home, and, and we had a couple of parties that we were going to go to uh, last night, and it was great, like, no babysitters, we have to worry about it. We're good, but as we're on the way back, you know, we're just both kind of recovering from the drop-off, and, and we're both kind of feeling each other out. You know when you're married to the person, and you both want the same thing, but you're not sure if the other person wants what you want, and so you're just kind of fishing around for it? So we ended up going, do you want to stay home and get food and watch Hallmark movies, or do you want to go to these parties? Totally Hallmark movies, right? We were totally doing this. So we sit down. Uh, we, we go out, we get some food, we bring it home, and then we sit and we spend the rest of the uh, Seriously, I think I spent the entire day yesterday, including last night, watching these Hallmark movies. Now, a lot of times I will, uh, I asked her, I said, do you want to watch Christmas Vacation? Because this is one of our big things that we watch every year. Not a Hallmark movie. 
I search the imagination. And it's one that we watch every year, but I won't watch it with our kids yet. And Jenna's like, oh, we'll be fine. I'm like, no, it will not. You, you don't remember some of the scenes. We're not watching it. Um, and I said, do you want to watch it last night? And she goes, I'm really kind of into this one. Um, I think it was Becoming Santa. Uh, you know, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of into this one right here, or um, a Christmas blessing, or a Christmas note, or a Christmas miracle. I mean, you know, they're really stretching for names. But um, so, and so we ended up, we just watched these movies. And I, I, I love them. And, and I love the fact that we just sat there, and, and I, you can call every shot, you know. Like uh, when this guy appears, and Jenna's like, do you think that's her fiancé? I said, no, 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 no. That's the guy she's going to end up with. Um, and sure enough, it's just these funny, silly things. But here's why I'm going on and on about this. And my wife keeps looking at her sister going, you need to wrap it up. Um, this is what she does. Today, we find ourselves in this place. Today, we come to Gaudet Sunday is what it's called in Latin. It's the Sunday of joy. It's the Sunday that you get to remember and realize that we indeed live in a Hallmark movie. You see, because if, if you notice up here on the Advent wreath, you'll see that the liturgical color for Advent is purple. And, and the reason it's purple is because it goes back a long time to when Advent and Lent were seen in the, seen in the same light. You see, these were, these were time periods in the liturgical calendar in the life of a Christian when you fasted and you became repentant and you, and you truly internalized things and looked at yourself and seen where you had fallen away from God and you were preparing for that moment when God would appear. It was a season that you, we did these things. Now, we've left that behind somewhere along the line, whenever Hallmark started, I'm sure. But we, we've stopped doing that for the Advent season. We still do, the, still do this at Lent, but at Advent, we don't typically do the fasting and the stuff. But it was on today, this day, when the rose-colored candle would be lit, that we would stop. We would interrupt this time of, of penitence in this time of fasting, and we would rejoice. We would rejoice because we would remember how the story goes and how the story ends. This is the day that we rejoice. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that that happy ending has yet necessarily come. In the book of Zephaniah, um, it's a, a very short book, only three chapters, and it's one of the prophets. And, and as prophetic words go, they're not always pretty. Zephaniah was written, scholars think, either just before the Babylonian exile or during the Babylonian exile. But regardless, it's speaking to that. It's written in, uh, it's encompassed by nine oracles, they call them, eight of which are like really heavy handed and, and just like, I am going to destroy everything. No human. I will just end it all. You people are wicked and immoral and horrible. It's time for me to put my foot on your throat. I'm getting rid of you. Eight of them, just like this. Bam, 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 bam. You're even, it's against the people of Assyria. It's against the people of Babylon. Um, he's talking about these two cities. They're going to be just like Sodom and Gomorrah, just off the face of the earth. He even begins to speak of Jerusalem in the way that the people of Israel are no longer worshiping just God, but they're introducing all these other gods of the people who have held them captive. And he's fed up and he's done and he's like, we're going to hit the reset button and it's not going to be pretty. But then, verse 14 of chapter 3. 
Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. And the Lord himself, the King of Israel, will live among you. At last your troubles will be over and you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals. You will be disgraced no more. And I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. I will save the weak and helpless ones. I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles, wherever they have been mocked and shamed. On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. I will give you a good name, a name of distinction among all the nations of the earth. As I restore your fortunes before their very eyes, I, the Lord, have spoken. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in this oracle, this this interruption of all of the mayhem that's going on, you have this message of rejoicing. This message that one day the credits will roll and we will all feel warm and fuzzy because it all turned out wonderfully. You have this message of hope, this message of peace, this message of mercy and love, that the oppressors will no longer have any control, that the weak will be raised up. You have this message of salvation, this hope in a time that will come. You see... But I caught myself and I'm muted. So you, so you have this message of, of hope and salvation. And, and the people of Israel are living in this time and they're waiting for this Messiah to come. They're living under this oppressive regime. They're, they're essentially, the people of Israel at this time are a pawn being punted around by the different armies that are much bigger than them. The Assyrians, the Babylonians, they're just this little bitty country that's just being kicked around back and forth and back and forth. And they remember a time when they were oppressed by Egypt and God came in and he brought them forward from slavery into freedom. They remember this time. This is a part of who they are, a part of their story. And they're looking forward to a time when the Messiah comes, when the Messiah comes and he interrupts time and space and God walks among us to bring restoration to all things. But in the meantime, there they are. They're in the middle of this movie where things are shaky and you're not sure who's who and you're not sure what to do or where to go. And there's four little words that Zephaniah throws in there from God. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Zion. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. This is a phrase that appears multiple times throughout Scripture, right? And it's generally a time when God shows up. Isaiah uses it. If you remember Mary, when Mary is greeted by the angel of the Lord to tell her what's going to happen, how does he lead? Do not be afraid. When Joseph is met by an angel, it's do not be afraid. When the shepherds are out watching their flocks in the fields at night, an angel of the Lord appears to them and the angel says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. See, I think this is a message that we so often forget. 
It's a message that just isn't given to us all the time because we live in a world that's uncertain. We live in a world that's kind of scary, really. There are things that are happening around our world that is becoming smaller and smaller and smaller and hitting closer to home that make us feel uncertain about things. They bring worries into our minds. Maybe, let's forget worldly things, there's a lot of stuff that goes on even in our own community, in our own homes, that brings fear, brings questions, brings worry, uncertainty. Now, I I know about this rose-colored candle. I know about the joy. I know about the coming of the Messiah once, and I know that there is a promise that he will one day come again. And I know that this story has a good ending. But oftentimes I live in the purple. Oftentimes I live in the fear, the questions. If you had told me six months ago that I'd be standing here and my family would be facing the things that we're facing, I would have said, no, that's not us. That's not our story. If you had told me that we'd have uh, be waiting on these results for things that are going to it's going to change our life one way or another and we don't know how. I'd say, yeah, no, 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 that's not us. And yet, here we are. We stand on the precipice of big stuff and crazy stuff and uncertain things and scary things. And yet the voice of God says, hey, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. How do the angels carry on with the shepherds for I bring great news great joy for today a savior is born do not be afraid because we know the end of the story so what does he say to do instead rejoice rejoice Sing out, daughter Zion. You're in the midst of this huge turmoil and just the foot of the oppressors are on your throat. Rejoice. Because you do know the end of the story. Rejoice because you do know that we live in a land where Hallmark movies come true. Rejoice. Paul says it. Rejoice because you didn't get it the first time. Again, I say, rejoice. This is what we are to do. This is how we are to live in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of chaos, in uncertainty, in pain, in suffering. God says, don't be afraid of that stuff. Instead, rejoice. Because you know that the Messiah, we know that the Messiah has come. And we know that he said he will be back. And when he comes, he brings restoration to all of those things. As God finishes, as Zephaniah drops his mic and walks off the prophetic stand, he says, I, the Lord, have spoken that I will bring restoration to these things. Rejoice. This is a Sunday where if we weren't such a white church, you people would be shouting right now. Thank you, Hammer. Rejoice, God says. We live in uncertain times and things happen to us and things come over our our, our lives that, that maybe bring us questions and fear. And God says, no, no, no. That is not who you are as a son and daughter of God. That is not who you are as someone who believes that the Messiah has come and the Messiah will come again. We live in a season of Advent where we welcome that second coming, where we wait patiently. We stand in the gap and we say, God, come back to bring restoration to all things. And we rejoice because we know 
that you will. Can we be people who stand in darkness calling forth light? Can we be the sons and daughters of God, the body of Christ that stands in a world of turmoil and pain and hurt and suffering and says, do not be afraid because I bring great great news of a wonderful joy. Rejoice. Again I say, Rejoice. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we rejoice in the fact that you sent your Son so that you might understand firsthand our pain, our suffering. You might know exactly how we feel. You didn't leave us here to be by ourselves, but you came to be with us. Emmanuel. God, we pray that in the midst of our lives, in the midst of the fear that may enter from time to time, the worries, the questions, the uncertainty of life, the world in which we live, we may hear your command to not be afraid to stand with the knowledge and the hope of the returning Messiah to bring restoration to all things. We stand with the strength and knowledge of that and we rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together and rejoice at what the Lord has proclaimed.
keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. May he lift up his countenance unto you and give you grace. May you go forward in mercy, surrounded by the light of our precious Savior. In his name, amen.